Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Everybody, how you doing? Ed Larson, brighter side. Uh, Amber's here. Mary's here as well as always. And we've been doing a lot of these uh, drinking game podcasts. And I can't help but think that it's only fair that we check out the other side of this. You know what? You know, is this a dangerous thing we're doing? What's going on? So today, we want to talk about alcoholism as a bad thing rather than just drinking and screaming at each other and making animal noises, which is a, sh- a shit ton of fun. It's a shit ton of fun, but sometimes <laughs> too much fun for too long can lead to prominent blackouts, yeah. liver damage, uh, impotence. We know that alcohol's bad, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> but it is scary, you know? You can become a real piece of shit, and we've yeah. all met them, and we've all seen people we don't want to be mm. on booze. I've actually thought about this episode when I was like a week straight drinking every single night. You were real persistent about it. I was like, oh no, is Amber realizing she's <laughs> something's going on in her brain? <laughs> I did take a night off of drinking last night, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to like do one night off, you know, every once in a while, just to keep it all in check, keep it flowing. And also, I like drinking, and I don't want to just quit. Yes. You know? Well, because it's, it's a barrel of monkeys. Oh, That's why fun. everyone does it too much. Because mm-hmm. everyone tries to have fun every night, you know? But you can't have fun every night. Boozing with my cousin. Yeah. Yes, sir. I took a night off last night. I felt out of respect for this episode. I probably won't drink tonight either. I had one beer. See, I'd see call, taking the night off, but it's still one beer. Yeah. I don't know why I think I need that one beer. It's not to get me drunk. Nothing. Ha- my day isn't different. You know why do I? Uh, why do I cram that one in me? Well, uh, your body's so used to the sugar. In fact, whenever people go off alcohol, you can't quit cold turkey or mm-hmm. you'll die. And uh, so people are given like little bits of alcohol a night, and then they're even given spoonfuls of sugar when they're in rehab. Yeah. But if you can have one beer and then not be like, "Well, fuck it, I'm going to get drunk," you're not an alcoholic. Congratulations. I mean, I think we're going to have a couple guests on in a second. We're going to have a couple guys on in a little bit. Evan and Eric, uh, they work with a, a company called Footsteps of Serenity. And basically, it's an inter- they help perform interventions. Uh, they help people go to rehab. And they help uh, they just help people with, with a problem. Uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be. And it's a very strong issue. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I mean, 
my grandfather was an alcoholic and they everyone thinks that the reason a lot of the people in my family have hard of hearing problems have you know the sense of smell issues sight uh and just general mental illness in general can be attributed to how much he freaking put in his body how oh, much alcohol his sperm was all janky yeah i don't know how true that is but at the same time i know they're all fucked up and he was a drunk mm. so you know I, I think you can go ahead and link them together. <laughs> and uh, nobody wants that. Everybody wants... Peace, love, and positivity. Peace, love, and positivity. That's right. And so we're going to talk to these guys. They're on their way in here now. And um, I'm very excited. And hopefully uh, we get some answers. And if you do have a problem, like we've said before, contact us. You know, if you want to keep it a secret, keep it a secret. You can find me on Facebook. You can go through the brighter side page on Facebook, or you can just look for me and send me direct message. You want to be the first person. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We're all here to help out each other. Yeah. I did look over uh, the symptoms of alcoholism uh, while I was having a beer. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. important. What is, the, is some of the... Do you think you do have some of the symptoms of alcoholism? I think it's in my family. Um, and I think um, if I don't catch myself, I could absolutely get like blackout drunk every night. You know, I'm you a bartender. So? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, mean, I, I don't feel like I would want to get blackout drunk every night, but Lord knows that I drink most nights. Yeah. And so that's probably a freaking issue. Oh, man, it's hard to have this podcast even i feel like i'm coming clean doing something i didn't do or i did it i don't know it's very uh it's it's a goofy thing to talk about because you're admitting your own faults yeah absolutely i wanted to like sneak a beer in this podcast and i was like no i'm not gonna do that yeah especially with the guests is so disrespectful if we drink it in front of them they're just here trying to help people spreading a good message you just point and laugh and call a bunch of losers yeah and you know rehab is important but if you can do it yourself that's also admirable yeah you know uh i don't know what helps who or who i know the guys who've quit cold turkey i've known guys who've gone to rehab seven times i've known you know you don't you, you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna come to but just don't if once you find yourself being a piece of shit while you're drunk it's probably a good indicator yeah if you want to if you want to go ahead and screaming at ghosts and whatnot <laughs> i mean Come on. I mean, you just got to scream at ghosts. Yeah. What else would you drink? Why else? That was my pitch for a TV show, and no one likes it. Get drunk and scream at ghosts? Absolutely. <laughs> I go to haunted houses. It's kind of like the show Wild On with Tara Reid, but instead of going to Paris, France, I go to some bojanky house. And I just Spooky get... On with Amber Nelson. Spooky On. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you want to come fight me? You go fight me, fucking ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it. Oh, man. What is... um, Well, obviously, we don't know the worst thing we've ever done while hammered because you probably were blacked out. But I definitely drank and drove. I think that's one of the worst things I've done. I didn't when I was get a, a kid, red, I did it too many times, and I almost killed me and my friend one time, and that was a little rude awakening. We didn't crash, but it was pretty close, and that was a big old tree, Ooh. and we were in a tiny little car. And so it was... Uh, I'm kind of... you know, Obviously, I'm very glad that everything is fine, but it could have went the other way for sure. I knew a guy... Uh, growing up who killed a bunch of people he killed uh, like six kids in a car because he was speeding on a, over a bridge and it was like the big story of our town you know it was a bit I can't remember his name right now but you know he's already been through enough he's been to jail and and out by now but I remember he uh he gave me a real strong talking to because when we worked together I was a cook and he was a cook 
And I remember I asked him to buy me booze one time, like a fucking idiot, 16-year-old dum-dum going to your prom or prom backwards. What was it Morp? Where you dress like a moron? We needed booze for that. That's fun. It was fun, but we were drunk. And uh, so, but I asked, I asked him to get me booze, and he gave me a long ass talking to about driving and going to jail and all this shit. He can't drive no more. He's, you see him walking around town, you know, and it, like he was on the fast track to, you know, being a professional football player, not professional, but he's going to college for it, Whoa. you know, and it all got ruined because of one stupid ass decision. Damn. It's not worth it. Uber's going to save lives. I wish there was a stat you knew how many lives Uber and Lyft saved yeah. just for this. I was taking an Uber pool, and the guy in the front passenger seat was drinking straight a bottle of vodka. And I was like, dude, you're saving lives. <laughs> <laughs> Not driving. All right. We're, we're going to talk to these fellas, and uh, hopefully they got a good deep insight for us and uh, some interesting conversation, to say the least. This is the brighter side. Right, guys we're back with uh evan amarni and eric moore of footprints of serenity and multi-concept recovery here in north hollywood california what's going on fellas thanks what's for coming up, in how you doing hello pretty, pretty good pretty good well, amber and i are a couple of drunks and we uh we realized that we need to we need to talk about alcoholism on our show about positivity we've been doing i think i told you this on the phone but We've been doing drinking games with, yeah. uh, you know, for positivity and, you know, uh, so many drinks for this or you, just to keep you happy. But we realized that if you're going to do that, you got to show the other side. Yeah, we could do the drinking games with Red Bull and watch our hearts explode. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But you want to see the other side of it because, you know, you don't want to do a show that's actually a hindrance to people. And so if you do have a problem and you are listening now, these two fellas work in uh, recovery and hopefully they can answer some questions and if you are having a problem you can acknowledge it and get on your way to becoming a better person heck yeah so when did you guys start uh, the company what made you want to start this company it's a better question yeah yeah why'd you get involved right. are you asking about footprints of serenity or Foot- multi-concept recovery both of them well what, what made you want to get into the business of recovery yeah. is a better question well um for myself um I ended up in recovery myself, mm-hmm. recovering from alcoholism and drug addiction. And uh, I kind of got pushed into the field of recovery um, yeah. because I was being of service in recovery. Mm. And, and that's I the kinda, 12th step of the whole program, right? Is service? Yes. Interesting. To give back. To give back. And uh, Evan, well, how about you? What, what made you want to join this crusade? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like that um, working in, in addiction treatment kind of chose me. I, I think that, you know, I also dealt with my own addiction. And um, when I, <laughs> where it led me was prison, to be honest. Whoa. So, um, but I found I found my passion for this work in prison, where I started to kind of work with other people that had similar backgrounds and similar reasons to, to ending up in prison and um, realized that like, you know, we're all human beings. We don't belong in a cage um, yeah. necessarily, especially, you know, for drug addiction or alcoholism. And so I started working Amen. with the guys in there and, and found my passion to be be a drug and alcohol counselor. And that's where it all started. That's really. great. Did anybody ever sneak in heroin in their butt or something? Yeah, they did that all the time on the yard. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what they were putting in their arm. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, of course. I mean, what do you, what is a, 
how do people drink? I heard of in in jail. Do you, they sneak in booze too, or is that is uh, that an issue? They make their own booze. Yeah, oh. yeah. The toilet bowl punch and that kind of stuff. Oh, they make their own booze out of like the apples from lunch and sugar and jellies and whatever they can mix up to get the the yeast going and fermenting and yeah. all that stuff. You could sell it at a hipster bar and make a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> call it prison punch. I, I don't I, I don't recommend drinking it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, in in county jail, they kind of make like you know pruno and when you go to prison you're able to to start messing with stingers which is like a water boiling system yeah uh, a little plug and you could actually make really strong alcohol like some harder than anything you've ever seen in store i kind of want try. some now yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're yes. gonna get some help for you it's okay you, you know why you do know why we're here right <laughs> going to rehab so this is your yeah. intervention speaking of which footsteps of serenity uh you guys specialize in interventions correct yeah, so that's Footprints of Serenity, and uh, yeah, we, we've been doing interventions for years now, um, and, and Eric and I met, you know, picking up guys and being of service and taking them out to 12-step meetings and stuff like that, and, and we, we realized that we were doing the same work, so we just decided to partner up and collaborate, and we figured that um, going in as a team doing interventions is highly more effective and, and efficient. Yeah. How do you know, um, just for people out there, So, uh, how would they know if someone they near and dear to their heart needs an intervention? You know, it's all, I think, um, based on, on behaviors. Um, you know, if your loved one is, is being dishonest with you, if you notice that money's missing from your wallet or bank account, um, if they're not able to take care of their responsibilities at home or at work, um, if they're neglecting their health, uh, hygiene, um, if you start noticing that they have uh, been struggling with any type of mental illness symptoms, um, could be depression, could be anxiety, you know, weight loss, weight gain, any medical issues that are coming up, that's, those are huge signs. Okay, weight loss and weight gain. Interesting, yeah. what's, uh, what's your rock bottom? What yeah, is? like we were like uh, both of you, like when you were like, oh my God, I need help. You know, yeah. like, were you under a bridge shooting up or like? Well, mine was prison too. So. Prison, yeah. all right, prison. That'll, go ahead. <laughs> that'll yeah. do it, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I went to, I yeah, went I to jail, not prison. I had I did four days for selling weed and that was a pretty rude awakening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's all people need, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man, because it's the fucking worst place. And I'm sure you guys could agree completely. You mentioned it. But uh, prison is no place for anybody, a nonviolent criminal who's in there for selling drugs or, you know, something, uh, something else. I mean, did you, it was there, there's a lot of that going on in there, right? Yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot of drug use in prison. I mean, there's really nothing else to do, but what happens if you get caught? Does it just add on to your sentence or is it? You might get a write up. You could get, you can get an add on to your sentence. You can get, you know, you know, looks bad for probation. I bet. Looks bad for parole. I mean, it it all depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. But um, typically, if you get caught with substances, you'll get charged with like smuggling drugs into the prison. Whoa. Man, I always said that a good way to to help people in jail would be to make sure that they leave jail with some kind of cushion behind them. But then how uh, are we going to of... make money for license plates and use cheap free labor, Ed? <laughs> Come on. Well, here's my theory, is if you pay people who are in prison minimum wage for their work, 
then they could pay rent on their cell and then hopefully have some money whenever money put behind them when they when they come out that's a good so, idea you know because i mean that let's face it you know if you come out of jail and you're dead broke mm-hmm. what are you going to do yeah and i'm sure in your guys's work a lot of things a lot of times you see complete desperation mm-hmm. and you work in rehab and you work in interventions and i want to say like you know this help isn't free and so how what do you how do you help people who have no money yeah yeah so that's a great question there are you know definitely a limited amount of resources out there for people without money um so um eric and i have done a number of like pro bono work with some families and and people that you know were really desperate that needed help um so we've done interventions for free um it's it's definitely a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely emotionally draining uh, working with families because in an intervention process, it's not just for the person that that is dealing with the addiction. It's it's also for the family, and so the family's addiction is a is a family disease. So it affects yeah. the whole yeah. family dynamic, and and families can oftentimes be just as sick if not more than the person with the addiction yeah and you got to look at kids in the eyes and they're like what daddy got to go out and drink the boo-boo you know and you're like, i'm sorry exactly yeah, yeah. The, the jew inside me has to ask how much is an intervention <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good question um and, and i'm glad you asked that because you know there i, I would say on average you're looking at for an intervention between $4,500 to $20,000. Yeah. $20,000. Yeah. And, what, and what a lot of get? times those higher numbers are people that have, have been around a while are in the media or in the public's eye. Yeah. So you're basically paying for like, you know, the name, mm-hmm. um, keep quiet, not, not to, not to like knock their experience. Cause they are pretty experienced, um, and, and pretty legit. Um, but that, doesn't negate the um, the quality from interventionists that aren't in the public eye that aren't doing yeah. you know that stuff yeah. yeah so like someone you know who's in the news on TMZ can't just walk into a, a clinic and expect you know, everything to be secret uh Wait, I didn't understand that. It's one. like someone like someone <laughs> I mean, you walk into not your clinic. Yeah. I'm saying a cheaper clinic. You know somewhere. You know where someone with no money can go. You know, uh, you know, a Jake Gyllenhaal can't walk in there and be like, "Listen, not that he has a problem, uh, but you can't." You, yeah. Someone of that stature can't walk in there and expect complete anonymity. Well, I mean, and that's, that's something you guys offer. Yeah, that's that's you know that's definitely a le- the legality aspect of things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that they should be able to expect some anonymity there. Yeah, and confidentiality for sure. Absolutely. And um, that's Footsteps of Serenity. And your other company is um, Multi Concept Recovery. Multi Concept Recovery. That's an outpatient. Yeah, that's an facility. outpatient. It's an outpatient addiction treatment center in Burbank. Um, we we felt that you know probably about four years ago, we felt that you know we wanted to do something else and we wanted to do something more uh, for the community. And and we started hearing all these horror stories. And we actually had experience. Um, bringing people to some treatment centers that were doing some unethical and and borderline illegal practices. Um, 
you can get some examples for that? I mean, you don't sure. have to say the place, but like what sure. was going on. Sure. I don't know if you, you all heard about like the overbilling for urinalysis cups no. and urinalysis tests. No. They, they, they used to call, well, they, they called for a period of time, they called UAs, um, urinalysis tests, liquid gold, because they were billing thousands of dollars per cup. And for a long time, the addiction treatment industry was making a lot of money off this urine. Right. Yeah. So they were over testing, they were over billing, and then the insurance companies caught on. They started changing their policies on how much you can test their members and all this stuff. Um, meanwhile, you know, a lot of treatment centers back in those days made out like bandits, right? Um, and and we actually had a client that went to a treatment center um, that was actually a victim of that those kind of practices and so we felt really bad um eric went up to the treatment center went up knocking on the door and said hey you ever test people like that again i'll be back at your door again <laughs> so, <laughs> so because it's not it's not cool for a client who's already desperate and vulnerable right and struggling with their alcoholism I mean, you see people at their worst yeah and and for them for us to be able to bring them to a place that's supposed to help them, once they leave, they get this outrageous bill for thirty, forty thousand dollars for UA tests. That's not helping. Makes anybody. you want to go drink again. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah. so, what are we doing? We're perpetuating this kind of cycle of addiction. Um, and then the other thing is that's more recent is patient brokering. They call it patient brokers or body brokering. Um, it's basically human trafficking, human trafficking and addiction treatment where. Um, people in the streets are looking for addicts on the streets and they'll say, hey, I'll buy you a policy. You go to this treatment center for two or three weeks. I'll cut you, a, I'll, I'll give you a thousand bucks cash. You have to stay there for the two or three weeks, otherwise you're not getting paid. They go into treatment, they get out, so now they have insurance policy. Then they take this person, they put them in another treatment center. The treatment center is fully aware that what these people are doing. Mm -hmm. They're all in cahoots together. So then they're making money off of these addicts right and so then so that's what's going on currently right now even as we speak um and so in some places in some treatment centers yeah oh man that's pretty insane yeah i mean <laughs> i'm kind of like blown away by that yeah. the the so how do, i don't understand how exactly they're making money yeah so basically um the body broker will purchase an insurance policy a good insurance policy with a good quality substance abuse treatment benefit. Yeah. Send them to a treatment center that knows that they're going to be getting paid well. The treatment center pays the body broker. Ah, uh, okay. Per body, three thousand, five thousand dollars. The body broker pays the patient a thousand dollars, and then does it all over again. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, if I'm living under a bridge and somebody's like, you want to go stay in somewhere for two weeks? <clears throat> yep. I would be like, yeah. Exactly. Most of them go to jail. Yeah. Just because they need to. Just because they need somewhere to go to sleep. Yeah. All right. If you've seen a picture of me, you know I got a big old fat head of hair and it's arguably gross. But as I get older, I realize that once it's gone, it's gone. And so to prevent that from happening... All I'm doing is I'm joining 4 It's understandable to be worried about hair loss. Did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? And that's the tricky thing about hair loss. By the time you notice it, it's already too late. And let me tell you guys, it's way easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. That's why I'm telling you about 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. 
Thanks to the miracle of science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Here's the deal. Hims gives you well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. This ain't snake oil. These are prescription solutions backed by science. Save time by going to 4hims.com and skip the waiting rooms and awkward doctor visits. Answer a few quick questions so a doctor can review and prescribe, and then they'll send those products right to your door. Keep that beautiful head of hair from skedaddling with 4hims.com. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. See website for full details. Listen, this is going to save you time and money. So cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash brighter. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash brighter. 4hims.com slash brighter. Keep that hair on your head and a smile on your face. 4hims.com slash brighter. We love you, baby. I mean, I take the bus everywhere in L.A., and I've seen some truly cracked out people, and I'm like, I don't know what kind of help I could give you, Yeah. you know, when they're just screaming yeah. and fighting the air. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. And the homeless epidemic in L.A. is no joke. Right. You know, and so, you know, obviously most of those people, I'd go ahead and just throw a number in the air and say at least 90% of them have substance abuse problems. I'd say at least 90, yeah. And what would you, like, how do we find help for these people? What would, as someone who works in the business, mm-hmm. what do you think would be a good uh, good way to just, just a general, just run of the mill, we know they, are, they all have problems, how can we help the, how can we help the general public? 40,000 and counting in LA, homeless people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting with homeless, right? With the homeless population, they're almost content with where they're at. Um, they mm-hmm. don't. They don't want to live by society's norms and rules, and they're happy just living on the the riverbed and and yeah. hanging out. Um, for those that want help, I would say, um, you know, if you have Medi-Cal, you know, that's your best option to get in somewhere that's nonprofit that'll help you um, get some treatment. Um, Cry Help in North Hollywood's a great treatment center. They take Medi-Cal. Um, the only issue there is a lot of times there's waiting lists. There's a process to go through. And with, with people that are struggling with substance use, um, we really only have a short time period, time span or window to get them into treatment. Otherwise it's just, they just keep going. Yeah. Um, for, for people with insurance, private insurance, um, it's really important to do your investigation and research on treatment centers before you send your loved one there. Um, you can, here's just some hints, go on the website, Google them, go on a website, make sure it's the treatment center's website, not some third party kind of internet okay. website where they have a bunch of treatment centers listed or just call now, we'll refer you. I wouldn't suggest those websites. What I would suggest is find a treatment center that you heard of, that you like, go on their website, make sure they they, ha- they list all their staff, make sure they have a mission, vision, values listed on there. Those are some helpful hints to find a good quality treatment center. You know, it's, it, this happens in this country constantly, you, where people take advantage of the people who are most desperate. Yeah. You see it with casinos, you see it with rehab, you see it with abortion clinics, with the fake clinics and yeah. stuff like that. This is a, you know, and this is a problem that's been going on in this country forever. And unfortunately, when you're at your worst is a time when you probably should be most aware about where you're going to how you're going to get better and who you're going to trust to get you better. Yeah. And it's uh, and uh 
I, I just it gets so I get so emotional about this stuff. It, it really just it it really bothers me when people just take advantage of uh, everyone. And uh, it, I don't know. It's I move on. I got to move on to a different. I'm glad it bothers you because yeah. it doesn't bother enough people yet. Well, I don't think yeah. enough people know about it. Yeah. yeah, I think people just think that you walk in and you're taken care of, and it's mm-hmm. all better. Mm-hmm. No. You know, you don't even think about it. You know, and it's yeah. it's upsetting. And during your treatment, I wanted to talk about the twelve steps because I want to say this is my gripe with treatment is how involved God is with the twelve steps. What do you do for somebody who either is an atheist or, I don't know, Hindi or American Indian and doesn't believe in God and it doesn't, it's not a part of their religion? Uh, Is is that a part of 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 getting better? Is finding God? Or what do you think? You want to get that, Eric? Well, I mean, (laughs) when you start talking about God, and you, you, I, I, I think you were referencing to the twelve steps. The twelve steps in particular. The twelve steps is not treatment, right? Yeah, it's more of an aftercare oh, type. You okay. know, it's a community of, of fellow alcoholics, fellow drug addicts that like get together and they kind of have a support group. Okay. <clears throat> and um, you know, going through the twelve step process is uh, re is helping people. You know, realign their, their themselves mentally and and physically, but um, you know, a lot of the twelve step process is redeveloping a relationship with a power greater than themselves, and you know, a lot of people have biased opinions on you know what that higher power would be because mm-hmm. they believe in a god or they believe in. in I mean, a if it helps you god. get sober, it helps you get sober. You know, <clears throat> right. that's kind of how I feel. As right. like a, on a practical level. Right. So there's there's people that don't believe in a power greater than themselves that believe in something else. And uh, some people use as, you know, maybe somebody, a mentor, a sponsor, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, maybe they would label as God, meaning good orderly direction. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really have to be a God. It's more like, uh, you know, 12-step process is more of a program of action. Yeah. Uh, versus, you know, the faith aspect. Uh, they do suggest prayer and meditation. Mm. Um, but there are there are alternatives for other people that, you know, have an aversion to the 12 steps. Because what we're finding, what we're finding a lot of times is that people have an aversion to the 12 steps. And, and that's why we started Multi-Concept Recovery is because we created two programs under one roof. One is the traditional style treatment, which is, you know, which does encourage 12-step um, involvement post-treatment yeah. um, and most treatment centers have the same groups in our traditional program you know as our traditional program and then we created the emotional intelligence mindfulness program which is all about the science behind emotions and how emotions are uh, triggering and usually if we have a destructive relationship with those emotions then we lead to drinking and using again right so if we can educate them on the emotions and how how the mind functions and how the emotions work in our lives the purpose and that we can have a constructive relationship with anger sadness fear right then we can use those emotions to push forward so that's an alternative to the 12-step model because i think that more and more we're starting to see people that don't want 12-step and for a long time treatment was only 12-step based right um there's still treatment centers out there that are 12-step i mean that's all you hear about there's um there's you know there's there's refuge recovery 
meetings out there, which mm -hmm. are uh, Buddhist philosophy and training addiction. Um, so Refuge Recovery is located in Venice Beach. They're they're a good alternative to twelve step. Um, and then we're we're in Burbank. Yeah. And uh, and and we're the only other alternative in the area. So between us and Refuge, I mean that's it. That's all you got. Hmm. I mean, there are a lot of places you can go, but these are the only ones that you trust completely, you'd say, in your opinion? Because I looked up North Hollywood, and I found about... That's how I found... That's why I stumbled upon you guys. Mm -hmm. I just looked for alcohol alcoholism treatment in North Hollywood, mm -hmm. and then uh, I just clicked on your page and, and called you up. Uh, but there were... There was a, there's a bunch of different places uh, you can go. I mean, we're... Uh, how, you did, we did cover the fact that you can't uh you can what you can do to find uh yeah if someone was bad or not yeah i mean and and not you know i'm not saying that we're the only two treatment centers that you should trust there's there's other treatment centers in the area um we work a lot with the villa treatment center they're a great yeah. treatment center they do detox they do residential they do outpatient yeah where would you send someone who couldn't afford your treatment it's a better way to ask that question couldn't afford our treatment, um, probably cry help, North Hollywood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say alcoholism's gotta be the most expensive drug habit. Yeah. Outside of cocaine, but it's just so much money. I mean, I look at my bank account, it's just hundreds of dollars, it's gone, <laughs> just into the bottle. <laughs> the bars are very expensive in LA. Yes, it is, you can't drink on the streets either, because that's illegal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it depends, I mean, alcohol, you know, Doing too much alcohol leads to cocaine. You know, just a lot of people who I know are cokeheads wouldn't touch coke if they weren't already drinking alcohol. Right. You know, so it's 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 a it's definitely the easiest to get your hands on if you don't know anybody, and that's what makes it so dangerous, I think. And uh, is it for alcohol? Is that one of your main treatments there, or do you guys do all sorts of all drugs? Yeah, we treat all addictions. So um, all. What do you find use? is the hardest for people to kick? I would say alcohol is probably one of the hardest. Um, opiates would be my next. My alcohol next guess. is hardest to kick. Interesting, yeah. and that's legal. Yeah, it's legal. Well, you so can't are quit. the opioids. Yeah, well, you, oh, that's true. Yeah, and, that's, and you could deal a lot of people with pill addictions. Yep. Where do people get pills if they don't get it from their doctor? Uh, they get it from their doctor first. Not that you should use this as a way to find it, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, they, they usually get it from the doctor first when they start running out of their prescriptions too early and they can't get um, any more from their doctor right away. They'll probably ask friends, co-workers, um, start, getting, start using that. When that dries up, then they, they turn to heroin. Interesting. I was in Philly, and every single person I spoke to was on opioids, went mm -hmm. to a clinic for opioids, or was going to a clinic mm -hmm. for opioids. Every That's when you person. go to a library. Just start talking to people there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to get, right? Like, it's, yeah. you, you go to your doctor around. with a toothache, it's like, here's some Norcos. You yeah. go, you go, you, I, we talked to a kid recently that started having headaches or migraines, got oxycodone for his headaches. I'm like, why? It's a child. Why? Yeah, it's a, it's crazy that the two drugs that you listed are the ones that you can get out of store. Yeah, pharmaceutical representatives are no better than drug dealers. I mean, they get a kickback from drug companies and they mm -hmm. just walk into a hospital or, or a doctor's office and say, um, hey, I've got these new blue pills, you know? Why don't you sell them? I'll push it, push it. And then the pharmacist, or so the doctor pays the pharmaceutical reps and like everybody makes out, but the people who lose it are the people who walk in with a headache and they get oxycodone. Well, this is the brighter side. 
You know, this is a, obviously it's been a kind of a downer conversation and, you know, and nothing you could do about that when you're talking about such a heavy subject. But this is the brighter side and we do like to look at the brighter side. Obviously, the brighter side of recovery is you get better and you have a better point of your life. Uh, and and also the brighter side here is that there, even though the treatment industry right now has a really bad rap, there are good treatment centers out there, right? Like in the midst of this chaos, there's some there's some positivity. There's some people that really want to help people that are that are in need, and and it's just really important to do your research and find those people. You can always call us, text us, or email us anytime you guys have questions. We're always willing to help. Uh, uh, let me. Uh so instead of necessarily finding the brighter side of recovery, uh, could you guys share a positive story? You don't, you know, no names or anything, but someone you've seen kind of come out of your program and just take take on a new uh, a new leaf. Sure. Um, okay. So we had we had a woman that come came through our program um, probably say about seven months ago, um, maybe eight months ago eight months ago and she had come to us from another program and she really pushed her way through different levels of care. So she started out in detox at that program. She said, I'm only going to be here for a week, two weeks and that's it. So she went through, she was a professional. She works in, in, in an industry that, you know, demands her time. Um, she also had heavy suicidal ideation, um, which means that she thought about killing herself often. And um, she went through the residential program in like a week and then went through their partial hospitalization in two weeks. So total, she was there for a month um, in three different levels of care, which is really fast. Um, they referred her to us when she left because we're pretty local to where she lived. And she came in and she met with us and she did exactly what she said she was going to do. Um, it was a little concerning that she thought about killing herself often, like on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was really hesitant. We were really hesitant about taking her in um, because of that fact, right? Um, because we want to make sure that we can help the people that we bring in. Um, but because, you know, we we dealt a lot with meditation in our in our program and we also have neurofeedback so um we felt that with our medical team with our with our doctors and with our neurofeedback and the heavy meditation component in our program that there's a good chance that we'd be able to help her through this process she stayed with us for five months wow she went back to work she was happy she felt productive and um she was successful she's been successful since so that was like a great story for us like that was really something that we were proud of now the meditation uh how, how do you meditate i don't know i mean i've never tried it you know it's like what is a and that that gives you the peace that you need and what is a for someone who wanted to attempt to meditate i think it's just when you don't look at your phone <laughs> that's yeah. a good point yeah that's a good point sit there um so with meditation you know i think a lot of um people think that it's about clearing your mind and for somebody that like us in society in today's community and society i think that's really overwhelming to think about it's not so much about clearing your mind come mm -hmm. to find out it's um it's more about being aware of the mind and what the mind's doing on a moment to moment basis right like really reflecting on what's occurring right now are you breathing 
How does the breath feel? Do you feel the sensations of the breath on the tip of your nostrils, right? Like, do you feel your chest rising and falling? Like that's completely getting into the present moment. That'll really help people come down from anxiety. A lot of people have anxiety, right? What's anxiety? It's the fear of what something that might happen yeah. in the future. Well, like if we're thinking about the future, then we're missing what's going on right now. If we're thinking about what we did yesterday, then we're missing what we're doing right now. And so I think meditation really helps um, bring people down to a manageable, manageable level. That's really beautiful. That was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a bird song. <laughs> that was really nice. Really nice. Thanks, I appreciate sure, that. Sure. Oh, all right, guys, uh, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. Uh, it's uh, Eric and Evan over at uh, Footsteps of Serenity, and uh, Footprints of Serenity. Footprints of Serenity. That's right, the, the poem. Footprints of Serenity. Yeah, Footprints of Serenity. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Yeah. Again? No, you were good. Oh, footprints time. of Serenity. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Mary's shaking her head at me. Well, because there's other companies out there with footprints, and ours is Footprints of Serenity. What's your phone number? Do you mind saying it on the, on the air? Sure. It's um, 818-433-8835. Beautiful. And that's uh, and you also do multi-care recovery? Multi-concept recovery. <laughs> multi-concept recovery. Yeah, we got to get you flashcards, bro. I, had, I wrote it down, but I kept my phone under my crotch. I didn't pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to meditate. Multi-concept recovery. It's in Burbank. Um, you know, outpatient addiction treatment with uh, different levels of care, partial hospitalization, intensive outpatient, and then evening an evening intensive outpatient program for those professionals out there that need help, that want to continue the work and, and attend to their life. Um, you can check out our website, www.multiconceptrecovery.com. And uh, we're in network with Aetna. We're working on being in network with Beacon Health Options and Anthem. Cool. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Be good. Stay. Keep doing a good fight, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Well, those were some frightening-looking, wonderful gentlemen. <laughs> they did have a lot of tattoos on them. You know, this just shows you you shouldn't be judging books by their cover. And these guys, they were very sweet. And they uh, I loved everything about them. I also like how they just trusted us to just come in someone's house. I mean, I guess they do it all the time. I mean, uh, we weren't going to take them. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Prison fights? They could make a shiv out of anything. Uh, and, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, who do you want helping you recover? Someone who's never been drunk before? Yeah. Or is it someone who went through the process themselves? Mm. I think that's kind of a good... Because it's kind of weird if someone's all of a sudden just like wants to help but has never been in that situation how much can they really help doesn't have a story to back it up although i would hate it if somebody tried to outstory my stories you know if they were like recovery mm -hmm. mode i um, mean you know that happens yeah because people in recovery i'm sure i mean they like to talk they like to talk and they should get, get to their moment you know yeah. don't be like well <laughs> I, I can one-up you on this one and uh I, I gotta say this is a it's been a cool episode and i really hope that if you do have a problem that you do seek help and that you do recognize and if you do see someone in your family falling down a, a slippery slope you can acknowledge it and hopefully find a way to help them yeah i also think a good positive note on this is to keep good people around you and keep good friendships because i really think the people you surround yourself with i mean you, you're a safety net you can help each other and i hate to rely on people but Certainly, you know, uh, people can really help you in times of need and they can tell you, hey, buddy, you've been getting drunk every night. 
Yeah. And I know recovery seems like a uh, an unstoppable force that can just, you know, it's scary. It's kind of like drug jail. Mm. You know, you, you kind of, you stop, you're stopping a way of life. You're stopping doing the one thing you associate with fun. You know, it's, it's hard because when people ask you what to do in town, if you're a drinker, you're like, oh, we can go to this bar, we can go to that bar. Yeah. What do you do? Bowling? Yeah. I guess? It helps That's you fun. figure out everything and yeah. it helps you find fun without substance. And I think that a lot of us could use a lot more of that. I can't imagine us all going out on like a friendship time, not drinking. Well, you know, we should I, try it once during the day. You know, I've been known to go out and hike <laughs> and go hiking. You know, you do. There's plenty of stuff you could do. And you don't bring drink. a forty when you hike. No, I mean, Lord knows, I'd bring a joint probably. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is. Uh, what do you think is a brighter side of recovery other than the obvious, Amber? Uh, Brightest of recovery, cool ass stories to tell your grandkids. Absolutely. When they start acting all uppity, you can be like, I was under a bridge. <laughs> you know? And shut them right up. Yeah, and you definitely, you're going to meet people in recovery that you're going to want to help and you're going to want to, you'll, you'll find friends for life. But you also got to remember that when you're in those situations and you're in a rehab facility, that some of the people in there, may not be good people yeah you were telling me about uh oh the 13th step the 13th step that's whenever a young woman goes into the 12-step program and a man who's already completed the program usually a counselor they sleep together um and usually it ends up with her freaking out and leaving the program and going back to drugs but that's an actual thing it's called the 13th step i was uh, looking up about it and it is uh an issue after you told me about that uh, it is an issue for women. Yeah. Uh, that about safety through recovery. We probably should have talked to these guys about it when they were here. I thought about it, but I didn't want to bring up the sex thing around two men with tattoos. I yeah. felt weird. Absolutely. It's fine. Yeah. But it is an issue. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if you're a woman and you can afford it, there are places you can go that are for women. And yeah. you know, I remember some my, my mom, when she went to gambling meetings she was having problems with dudes like former gangster dudes and you know they're they're gonna you know the people are gonna talk to you and so not to be defensive but you're in there for you you yeah. want to help someone you can help someone but get better first that is why you're there and uh they suggest that you take a year off of dating i saw in the 12-step program and uh that'd probably be a good move if yeah. you're uh trying to fix your life uh you fix yourself first and then uh, move on with uh, your personal issues, I think, is a, would be good advice. You can do that. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. We love you guys. We love you guys. This has we been a very want, helpful. We don't want anyone to be hurt. And alcohol leads to that. And whether we promote it on the show constantly <laughs> or not, you know, it's, uh, it's something to think about. And if you do have a problem... And our episodes trigger, can be triggering to you. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had a little rude awakening about that today when I was going over all this stuff. And uh, just, you know, maybe, uh, you know, learn, learn, from, learn from what you've done wrong. And uh, hopefully uh, everything turns out okay. I don't know. I wish there was a better way for me to say it. But 
We, we love, love you guys. guys. Whoa. You we know? said at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been The Brighter Side. Ahmed Larson, Amber Nelson, Mary Kelly's here as always. Uh, you can hear all kinds of great episodes like The Brighter Side uh, on the last podcast left, uh, last podcast network dot uh, uh, com. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can always find us on our Facebook page, uh, The Brighter Side Facebook group page, The Last Podcast Network at gmail.com. You can reach us there and uh, talk to us, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully uh, be hearing from you. Uh, taking us out today is man I just watched the Joe Cocker documentary on Netflix and he was a fucking drunk and it almost ruined his career and it, obviously he'd probably be better off if he wasn't a drunk and he had a very slippery slope and he recognized that he was a drunk and he knew that it was hurting the people around him and he covered the Randy Newman song Guilty and uh, that's what's going to take us out today uh, listen it, Take care of yourselves, guys. We're worried about you. And we're worried about ourselves. And uh, let Joe Cocker self-realization maybe open your eyes to some of your own realization. And that people have a problem. And if they are getting better, you you should let them and encourage it. That's it. Great. Be good. Good night, everybody. Good morning. And uh, good afternoon. I'm guilty. I'll be guilty for the rest of my life. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.